Well, I want to start this morning with Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. So if you've got your Bible, open it with us. I'm going to tell you today, this is going to be a scripture-dense sermon. So if you've got your Bible and if you are a pro flipping through that thing, good luck keeping up. Because i got it all on an iPad and I don't have to flip a page. Matthew 1, 18 through 25. This particular verse will be on the screen. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, And that prophet was Isaiah, by the way. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. But he kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. So in Matthew's short account of Jesus' coming, we see Matthew tying together an Old Testament prophecy from the prophet Isaiah of saying that, that there would be one who would come named Emmanuel. And that means God with us. That's the literal translation of that word. So Jesus came to be God with us. Now, I could go in and talk about what Emmanuel means and what it means through Scripture, and that's a great sermon, but that's not the one I'm going to preach today. I'm going to talk more about this. Jesus came as Emmanuel, God with us. He came to be near to us and close to us. But this is a moment in reading this that I often consider in many passages in Scripture where there is a gap between what I believe to be true in Scripture and, and what I experience. Sometimes, I confess to you personally, I don't experience the constant feeling of God with me. Why is that? We're going to talk about that a little bit today. Why don't we encounter Emmanuel all the time of God being with us? Interesting question to consider, right? Especially in this time of year. This is when we celebrate Emmanuel, God coming to be with us. But actually, for many of us, many, many of us, I I would even say sometimes most of us, this time, uh, the holiday season, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, is the time where we may feel most distant from Emmanuel. Uh, In 2021, there was a survey uh, referenced by the National Alliance of Mental Illness, and this survey discovered that three out of every five Americans say that their mental health is negatively impacted by the holidays. Well, I'd love to say, isn't, isn't that sad? Well, I'd love to say 
it's different in the church. In my experience and what I've witnessed and even in myself, I, I would say this is, this is usually true in the church, that the holidays are a very difficult time. So how do we reconcile that Jesus came as Emmanuel to be God with us, but at the very time we're celebrating it, we are feeling most anxious. And I believe that's an evidence that we are most far away from Emmanuel as God's people. So I think it's, I think it's, that's similar in the church. Three out of a five, um, are suffering more mental health crises or just general anxiety around the holidays than other times in the year. The same survey found that actually more than half of the respondents wish that the holidays would just be canceled due to the stress of it. We laugh, some of us, but let me tell you, there, there are times when you're trying to get your kids in the car, get all the gifts wrapped, get everything together. I, I, would, I would bargain that once or twice you've said, why are we doing this? It's the reality of this time of year. The truth is this, when we consider Emmanuel. Uh, John Ortberg asks this question often, Pastor John Ortberg, and I so enjoy his teaching. And, and so I can't get this question out of my mind this week as we approach the, uh, Christmas and, and go through Advent. We're either going to do life with God or without him. We're going to do life. It'll either be with God, with Emmanuel, God with us, or without him. The choice really is ours. And, and, I, and I would say, as John does, it's much better with him. Life is much better with Emmanuel, God with us. So the object of this sermon today is in this question. How do I experience Emmanuel? How do I reconcile the Emmanuel that I read about, that God came to be with us through Jesus, yet sometimes I feel so distant? Well, I think the experience of Emmanuel, and again, our Christian life isn't all about experience, we're going to talk a little bit about how we do experience Emmanuel today. I believe it requires three key applications to our lives. Three key applications. And they come in past, present, future tense. Spoiler. That's what this is going to be. The first application of Emmanuel that we must consider is, is that the God who is with us was with us. Past tense. God was with us. Now, if you look across this room... You'll find many different stories, different people who have walked different things, experienced different paths, different families of origins, which just means you grew up in a different family than the, the person next to you. Uh, you had different accomplishments, different mistakes, different celebrations, different trauma, different grief. Each of these things shape us and, and that is what our that's how our past influences who we are today and that influence is real my question for you today is do you know that god cares about your past god cares as you walked through those victories and those trials god was near he wasn't far away as you may have felt god is near that is emmanuel God with us. Now, depending on your story, if you hear me say, God was there, that might incite a little bit of fear in your heart. I have a little fear sometimes about how, what my past has looked like. I would probably rather that God wasn't there and didn't witness what I did, what I said, what I've thought, but he was. 
Isaiah 43, 25 says, I, even I, am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake. So you got a past that's ugly. Approaching Emmanuel will wipe it clean. Goes on. I, even I, the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Someone say amen. Thank you that we have Emmanuel that was with us, but he doesn't remember. Hebrews 10, 14 through 18, for by one offering, he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also testifies to us for after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord, I will put my law upon their hearts and on their mind, I will write them. Then he says, and their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Now, where there is forgiveness of these things, there is no longer any offering for sin. See, God has an incredible ability, a remarkable ability that you and I in our human frame do not have. And it is a beautiful thing that he can forget. Is God forgetful? Do things slip his mind like you and I? No. God chooses to forget your sin. When you bring your sin before a perfect holy God and you say, Lord, I'm sorry. I I plead the blood of Jesus over this. Would you forgive me? God chooses to forget. So if you're walking in here today and, and you've got something in your past that you say, I cannot approach God. It's too messed up. I'm too unclean. I can't come to church because I'm too dirty from my sin. Let me tell you, you got a God who is ready and able to forget and wash you clean. Now, some of you may say, that's great, Matt, that God forgets. But the family I'm going to see this week, they didn't forget. And you know what? That may be true. But Romans 8.31 says this. What then shall we say to these things? For if God is for us, or you may say, if God forgets, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for all for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? On down in verse 38 and 39, uh, Paul says this to the church of Rome, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor power, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So as you're with family this week and you know they remember some things from your past, remember the Lord has forgotten. And nothing can separate you. From the love of Christ. So God was with us. In the pain, in the sorrow, in the victory, in the sin. God was there. He is Emmanuel. So to experience him. Give him your past. And delight in the freedom he gives. That is Emmanuel. That's what Jesus came for. So God was with, with us. What's next? God is with us. Present tense. So connect with him. Acts 17, 27 through 28. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. See, God is close. Even when we feel far from him, God is close. 
So how do we miss him? It's, it amazes me how God could be so close to us. And this could be true. And yet I would miss him in the day to day. Um, I, in, in thinking about this and considering and doing some studying this week, I thought about how the fact that we miss God is often due to the fact that we can live life in a reactionary state of mind. I did a little study on this this week, and I, and I found some really interesting uh, data about uh, reaction. And reaction is actually a form of anxiety. And reaction is the only form of anxiety um, that is uh, contagious. I almost forgot that word. Reaction is the only form of anxiety that's contagious, that someone else could react to something that stimulates their brain, and, and I could react to it as well. And it just dominoes and dominoes and dominoes. Uh, evidence of this, you might see. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, but when you're with family, if you if you visit and spend time with family this week, count how many minutes it takes before you start acting like an eight-year-old. Because truly, scientifically, there are cycles that come back to your brain, triggering your brain from these people you were around when you were eight years old. And has anyone else encountered this? It's like, I go back home and I'm like, why am I always 16 years old around my family? You know, like I just act like a kid. Um, and, and it probably amazes them that I'm a pastor now because every time I'm with them, I'm still like that 16 year old kid. But it's, it's this reactionism that our brain has. And, and what happens is things come, good or bad, and it's, it gives our brain a stimulation and we react. And we react. And, and now, as we are adults, um, we're just in this habit. And we've lived this way of life. I think often we miss Emmanuel. We miss God being with us because we're reacting, reacting, reacting. And there is some retraining of our, our brain to do. To break the cycle of reacting and insert Emmanuel, God, with us. In our reaction cycle. So we're not immediately going to, man, what jumps into my head right away? And uh, and going with that. Live, I do occasionally do that. Is that correct? Occasionally I do speak exactly what comes to my brain right away. Actually, I have an example. I'm going to embarrass myself a little bit. I think I shared this at Men's Retreat last year. There was one time um, that I thought I, I used reaction in a really sharp way. And uh, it, it was... Late last year, it's probably been about a year now, and Olivia hadn't switched jobs to working here at the church. She was working as a financial secretary at Hope Harbor, one of the missions we support, working from home. And there was one day that, you know, you know how it is. Sometimes work just gets to you, and you're about ready to just blow a cap. I've been there. Um, unfortunately for Olivia, I was there this time. She was sitting at the dining room table, and she was really frustrated about something. I don't remember what it was. And she just, she just blows this out of her mouth. She's like, I am a big fat failure. That's what she said. And so I said, you know, as her husband, I need to retort this immediately. I need to react to this right away. And I, and my brain, you know how sometimes you use other people's words to retract exactly what they just said? So my brain like reacted that way. You'll understand once I say this. I, I chime back right away. No, you're not a big, fat failure. You're a big, fat, beautiful woman. I said that. And then I got a shovel, and I dug a hole, 
And I got in it. <laughs> I actually said that to my wife. Just reactionary. Just right. I mean, I, clearly I didn't think of that. No one in their right mind, at least you shouldn't in your right mind ever say that. But I wasn't, uh, this is a, this is a silly example, but I wasn't abiding with Emmanuel in that moment, alright? There was no God in that statement. Because I reacted right away. There was no time for the Holy Spirit to speak anything. Hey, don't call your wife fat. There wasn't time for that in that moment. And, and that's a funny example, but I've had more serious examples as well. Um, I, I had a sin pattern I was struggling with in high school of pornography. I really struggled with it, and I so wanted to be free. But the problem was my brain was in reaction, 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 reaction to every stimulation there could be. Just reaction, reaction, reaction. And I could not break the cycle. So what I found, I found some really good advice of someone, and I've advised other people to do this as well. Um, someone gave me a, a piece of advice, and, and it was a public setting. It was actually Bob Sorge. I was at an event. Bob Sorge was speaking, and Bob spoke about how important it was that he got away in quiet with the Lord just to spend time with Jesus for days. No one else around. No phone, no nothing, just, just some time away by himself to be with the Lord. And there was something in my, in my spirit that said, Lord, if you'll create an opportunity, I was 16 years old, Lord, if you, or 17, Lord, if you create an opportunity, I'll go spend time by myself away. I said that in my heart and I knew there was something about this sin pattern I had. I wanted to be free so badly. A week later, the Lord answered that prayer. I had never, ever, ever had anyone ask me uh, to house sit for them, ever. One week later, after I prayed that prayer, real seriously before the Lord, a cousin came and asked, hey, we're going to leave town. Would you like to house sit for us for a couple weeks? I was like, this is God. So I said yes, and I went, as radical as it sounds, 17 years old, just spent a couple days by myself with the Lord. And I found that spending time with Emmanuel, God with us, it gave me the ability in this problem, in, 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 this, in the things that were coming to my mind and, and triggering me towards reactions that was leading to addiction to pornography, it was triggering, in, it, it, as those triggers were coming, and I spent time in the presence of the Lord, I encountered Emmanuel who gave me the ability to insert his uh, holy nature in the moments when temptation would arise. And, and he actually gave me, this is just for me, not for everyone else. He gave me this phrase to speak and to think every time there was a temptation of any kind that arose, kind that arose. And this phrase won't mean anything to you, by the way. This is just something he gave to me. He, I just, I just almost received as a word from him as best I can explain um, this phrase of, Lord, I trust your justice. I know this is sin that I'm, that this is tempting me towards. I, I trust your justice. You are just and holy and I'm going after your heart. That was my phrase. And I said that thousands of times out of my mouth and in my brain. Lord, I trust your justice. I'm going after your heart. I trust your justice. I'm going after your heart. Why am I telling you this? Spending time with him gave me something to put in that reactionary space in my brain when it was triggered. To bring Emmanuel into my pattern and situation. Isn't that cool? See, I learned around this to walk with Emmanuel. And, and from there, that month, I got free and have never gone back to that addiction. 
by the grace of God, I inserted Emmanuel in high school in the situation and I found freedom. Praise be to God. Not by me, by him, because I brought him into it. Here's what I'm saying. When, when we are wrestling with something, something really good, something really bad, bring Emmanuel, God with us into it. He's closer than you think. I'm telling you, God is closer than you think. Another thing that removes us from Emmanuel in the present is, is this tendency we all have right now towards a constant state of busyness. Just getting busy, getting busy, doing things, doing activities. If we are so busy that we are just going to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, we will find ourselves missing God. We really will. We will miss him in the present. Uh, Dallas Willard said this, and it's just a phrase I can't get out of my brain. He said, God has yet to bless someone except where they actually are. See, you can't move on busy to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, and say, well, God's going to bless me there. God's going to bless me there. God's going to bless me there. We get this spirituality about it, and we just get busy and get busy and get busy. God is present right here. He's present right here. And because we're carrying these loads of busyness, sometimes the load gets heavy. And Jesus said this one time, and it's so profound in Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. He said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, busyness, it makes us blow past Emmanuel, especially right now especially in the rush of Christmas and preparing for everything, we got to slow down and see where he is with us. Eugene Peterson, in his uh, translation of the message, which he wrote just to simplify it for the people in his church, interestingly enough, he, he, he said in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 this way, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting upon you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. See, God is Emmanuel, God with us. So to experience him, we've got to connect with him in the now. Amen? So there's there's past tense. God was with us in our past. God is with us now. He's as close as a turn away from us. And then future, God will be with us. So do not fear. Emmanuel, God with us. He's not going to leave. He's going to be close, especially as we draw near to him. So my question is this, as we think about future, uh, what is ahead, what's ahead of you that you fear? Contemplate that. Let's take a minute. What is ahead of you that you fear? 
Is it family related, relationship related? Is it is it a marriage issue? Is it workplace related? You don't know what's going to happen with your current job or what your next job's going to be. Is it financial? You don't know where the next how the next meal is going to get on the table or or you see a storm coming and you don't know how to stop it or you've dug a hole that you think is too deep to get out of. What is it ahead of you? It could be anything that you fear. My simple question in response to that, whatever that is that you've got in your mind is this. Have you subjected that fear to the throne of grace before the God who knows all, who sees all, and who provides all? Before Emmanuel, the God that is with us. Has the, has the light of that of Emmanuel shone down on that fear yet? If God is with us, if God is with us, if Jesus came, if Jesus died and rose, what is there truly in our future to fear? Jesus said this before he left, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be be fearful. So what's troubling you? Give it to the Prince of Peace. Hebrews 13, 5 through 6, For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I forsake you, so that we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? A few more verses on this. Psalm 73, 28, But as for me, the nearness of God is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge. And I, that I may tell of all his works. Jeremiah 23, 23 through 24. Am I a God who is near, declares the Lord, and not a God, a God far off? Can a man hide himself in hiding places so I do not see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill the heavens and the earth? And James 4, 8. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. We, we, we spoke last month about the Great Commission, and Jesus ended the Great Commission with this. As he sent out his church to go do the work, he said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the, the age. That is the good news of Christmas, that Jesus came. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is with us. So do you have a fear? of the future. Give it to Emmanuel. Give it to Emmanuel. Give him your future. Liv, you can come on up and close in song. I want to tell you a story to close. It's it's really, a, it, it's a true story, but I think it's a great parable. Um, May 1st of this year, this was on the news, you might have seen it. May 1st of 2023, this happened where a, a father in Colombia, uh, he had a family, and it was it was a woman he wasn't married to, but they had a few kids together, and she had a few other kids. And the village they were living in in Colombia was getting really dangerous. There was illegal trade of all kinds. Um, there was there was gang violence. There were rebels in the area. It was really dangerous. And he reached a point where he had saved up en- enough money. To send this woman um, and her, her and his children to a safer area. So he chartered a flight 
um, it, it was almost $3,000. It really was a remarkable thing for a man in that village to come together with and plan a flight and got an escape plan for his kids. A, a good thing, no matter the situation, for a father to do to protect his children. Uh, the, these kids were um, 13 years old, 9 years old, uh, 5-year-old, and an 11-month-old. So really young children. So they got on a plane, and uncle went with them, and there was a pilot. So a small plane and just them on it. Mid-flight, over over the Amazon forest, um, the plane had engine failure. A single-engine plane, and the call went out, mayday, mayday, mayday. Engine failed, plane drops off the radar in the Amazon. This was May of this year. So from the moment that the plane didn't arrive um, and that mayday call went out, the search team, the, actually the military, started doing a search of the area. And, and generally they wouldn't do this. Uh, they don't work very well with the indigenous people who are good at tracking in the Amazon, but they realized they had a need for the indigenous villagers' help. And the men started helping, and more and more people were getting a part of this search team. And they searched and searched and searched, and they could not find the plane. Finally, after 16 days... Of searching along a river, they they found this plane, and it had nosedive, and the nose was smashed, um, but the tail of the the plane was still intact in this small plane. Unfortunately, uh, and just tragically, uh, the volunteers who were searching the indigenous volunteers, they they went in and they found the remains of the pilot, um, the mother, and the uncle, and they were just heartbroken. So they started to turn around to go back to report that they had found it. And and one of them chimed in and said, wait, I didn't see the children. Did, did anyone else see any children? And no one saw any children. So they go back, they start searching, they start seeing these things around the plane that, that make them think, hey, someone has, someone has been working in the area. Someone's been around here and, and opening bags and luggage that wouldn't have been from a from a crash. All of a sudden, there was hope that these kids could be alive. They'd already been in the Amazon for 16 days, though. So all of a sudden, man, the crews got even bigger. Uh, up to 350 people between military uh, members of the Colombian military and local indigenous people who knew the area really well, they started really searching. The problem was this area of the Amazon is really dense. You can start playing. This area of the Amazon is really dense, where you actually can't see 60 feet away from you, and most of it. Really dense. It rains. I I read online, I was doing some research, this story really consumed me. It rains 60% of the time in this area of the Amazon. So really, really rough terrain. Um, A lot of dangerous creatures, a lot of dangerous, just simple mosquitoes that uh, a bite could kill you. Just really dangerous. And there, out there somewhere, is a 13-year-old a nine-year-old, a five-year-old, and an 11-month-old out, out on their own. They're searching and searching and searching. Weeks go by, they cannot find the kids. They're finding hints, though. They find a footprint of the, they think it's the 13-year-old girl in, in the mud. They find a baby bottle. They found a shoe. Just things spread out through the, the forest as they searched, not too far away from the crash site. So these crews are going through, searching, searching, cutting through, trying to find these kids. Weeks go by, weeks go by. They cannot find them. Hope is is getting low. Some Someone finally on the search team said, these kids couldn't have gone too far away 
We've searched everywhere. What if they just don't want to be found? These are little kids. What if they're just afraid? Through this time, the the searchers, they started dropping food. It had been weeks, so they started dropping food from planes. More than a dozen aircraft searching the area, dropping food. Uh, just in case the kids come across it. And, and they actually left, as they searched the area, they left whistles. So that if a kid found one, they could blow a whistle and, and they would be able to find them. But more and more they thought, man, I'm not, these kids are, they're probably still out here. What if they don't want to be found? What if they're afraid? So what they do, someone came up with a great solution and went to the kid's grandmother and got a recording of her voice and started blasting it into the forest. Saying, stay in one place, stay in one place, we're coming to find you. Hope was dim. Finally, after 40 days, think about that, 40 days, rescuers found all four of the kids alive. It's remarkable. A 13-year-old, a 9-year-old, a a 5-year-old, and an 11-month-old. These kids had been in the forest for 40 days without any means for shelter. As it turns out, the kids were afraid. The searchers found that they were only three miles from the the crash site. 40 days of searching and they were three miles away. They found that they had passed from literally, Chanel, wave your hand. They had passed from me to her from these kids multiple times. But the kids didn't turn to the rescuers that were there. Salvation was that close. And I can't help but think of what a parable it is for us. That Emmanuel came, God with us. He is so close. Yet many of us don't turn to him. Maybe we've even said yes to him, but in the day-to-day life, we haven't gone to that Savior and been close to him. Emmanuel. Here's the good news. He's still that close. When Jesus left, he left his Holy Spirit to abide with us and in us. So as we close today and you consider the parable of that, think about this. Jesus took, and this is actually the title of my sermon. I'm just getting to it. Jesus took an unfathomable demotion from heaven, from a place of glory, a place of beauty, and grace, and he came into the mess of this world that we now encounter. Why? To save us. He was that rescuer that was in the forest, searching. He, he compared it to searching for a lost sheep to find us, that we could experience Emmanuel, God, with us. And the Holy Spirit still today knocks on the door of our heart. Will we listen? Will we answer? Let's stand together as we close. Lord, I just thank you that you came. We thank you for Jesus, Emmanuel, God, with us. Lord, I just thank you that just like for those children, you are so close. Lord, some of us in this room, uh, we've never turned to Emmanuel. We've never found that Savior. Jesus, you came and lived a perfect life and died a death on the cross that your punishment would pay for our sins, that we would be washed clean 
and that we could be reborn and become your children. Thank you for the joy of that, Lord. Father, if there's anyone here today who has not turned to that Emmanuel, the God with us, the Savior in the forest, Lord, I just ask today that they would be moved to consider what it would mean to say yes to you. Lord, many of us in this room, we've turned to that Emmanuel, but somehow we're back in the forest. Whether it's a long, distant time from you, or whether it's the busyness of Christmas and trying to get things prepared, Lord, we're missing the Emmanuel that's right in front of us due to the busyness and our reactions. Lord, I just ask that you would remind us this week that you're not a a God that's far off, but you're close. You're close. Lord, we, as we sing, say yes to you and worship you in this place. Let's sing together. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is a night of the dear Savior's birth. have a wonderful week ahead preparing and whether you have most of us have some celebrations before or after or around so whenever it is for you i hope you guys have a wonderful time with your family remember this week if you take anything from today god was with us god is with us and he will be with us he's not going to leave us alone amen